Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That is very tight as it has been uh, for the last couple of months. So if we win four out of the, our last six games, then... We're for sure in the playing playoffs. We've done well, we're playing well, we're competing well, so wherever it ends, it's a good thing for us. Uh, we do feel a great sense of responsibility to bring the breakers back to playing meaningful games in the end of the season. Breakers head coach there, Modi Mayor, on uh, the scenario for them to make the playoffs and what a fine season they've had, particularly with the benefit of being able to to play at home. Uh, good time for us to catch up with uh, our basketball commentator, Hugh Bainan, of course. Uh, I've just uh, got away from uh, being an administrator in uh, New Zealand basketball. We'll talk to him a wee bit about that uh, shortly. But, uh, Huey, uh, good morning to you. Breakers-Hawks uh, tonight, 7.30 at the Spark Arena. Uh, big game, obviously, as Modi Moore has just pointed out for us. But uh, who's favourite for you here? Well, the breakers need to be smoothie. Good morning to you uh, and happy new year. Good to chat to you again. Um, he, he couldn't have said it better, Modi. You know, he, he nailed it. Four out of six gets them in. Those, you know, out of those six games they've got left, they've got the Hawks twice, they've got the Bullets twice, and they've got Sydney and Melbourne. Now, to put it in very black and white terms, Sydney and Melbourne are the two, well, that's two of the best teams in the comp. Those are the two harder games on paper. However, this season of the NBL has been phenomenally close. Everyone's beating everyone. This Hawks team have started to pick it up and play really well. Uh, and Brisbane can cause anyone troubles on any given day, which I imagine is really frustrating if you're a Brisbane fan because they have as many bad days as they do good. But for the Breakers, this is a must-win game. If they go into this six-game final, you know, six-game stretch down the end of the season and begin it with a loss at home to a team that they really should and need to beat, um, then it's then it's trouble. But I will say, you know, Modi's absolutely nailed it. Whether they make the playoffs or not, this season has been fantastic for the Breakers. They've gone back to playing the brand of basketball um, that, that they're known for. There's more keys around the roster than I feel. They're back at home after two, you know, terribly um, troubling and questionable years for the franchise, given what they had to go through. So win or lose, make the playoffs or not, um, it's been a success this campaign. Let's just hope you know, they can ride it, get down the stretch and, uh, and get into the finals because it'd be great to see them back in the playoffs. So what's happened recently? Why have they just uh, slightly slipped off the rails? I think they took a lot of people by surprise at the start of the season. You know, they certainly took me by surprise. When I, when I saw the roster and, and also coming back from what they'd been through, like I mentioned, with the two years away in Australia at the start of the season, I had them pegged not, going, not making the playoffs. So they came out the gates hard. Modi had them playing a really hard-nosed, full-commitment brand of basketball. Um, Barry Brown Jr. obviously asserted himself as one of the best um, uh, imports in the competition. And then gradually, some other teams maybe have worked them out, maybe have caught up a little bit, maybe have found their own rhythm. Uh, the Breakers have had to deal with injuries to Will McDowell-White, who's you know one of their most crucial players. Rob Lowe's coming back from an injury. Uh, not injury here and there to everyone else. So they've lost a bit of consistency. Uh, as Modi said in that last game, that thriller against Cairns that they lost, it was his first game for about eight or nine weeks with his full roster where they've actually been able to train properly. I mean, these aren't, these are, these aren't excuses because that's the 
give and take of every professional sports franchise in every season that's ever happened, right? You have injuries, you have to deal with them. Maybe their depth hasn't been there as it is for the other clubs, um, but they fought well. The games, even the losses, have been entertaining. Uh, they've left it all out there and they've been good watchers. So, like I say, I'm not down on, on them when, when they've been losing. I think they've, they've shown a lot this season, a lot of positives. Uh, and they can definitely win these last last few games. Who knows what Sydney Kings you're going to bump into once you know they're already locked in. Um, so they've locked in top spot by the time you bump into them. You never know what's going to happen down the stretch of a basketball season. No, you don't. But it looks like at the moment, anyway, they will miss the top two, which means they're consigned to play in the play-in tournament for the postseason. Uh, tell us a wee yeah. bit about that if it eventuates. Yeah, so it's a, a borrow or a steal from the NBA, um, which is great. You know, it's 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 a really fun way of bringing in the playoffs. It means, and we used it in the NBL, this New Zealand NBL last season as well. Uh, it basically, it just extends the interest throughout the regular season, right? For so many years in both the Australian and New Zealand NBL, the top four were locked in with with um, six weeks to go. So fans switch off, they turn off the tellies, they, they don't go to the arenas anymore, that's my team's out of the playoffs, I don't need to see it. Or my team's in the playoffs, I'll wait for them. Now it just extends um, the interest because, well, hang on, we've still got a chance. We've got a chance right up until the last week to get into this play-in. Uh, number one and two will be locked in, Sydney and Cairns, um, and deservedly so. And then out of the next four, who can grab those last two spots? And then turn up, yep, with some more tied legs because you played an extra game or two, but... Uh, with all the momentum, you know, and riding the high because you've worked your way into the playoffs. So I think it adds a really nice element. And with my administrator's hat on, I really like that that um, that format. And it adds a really nice element. keeps fans engaged for a lot longer. Do you think they might have been a victim of their own generosity and their own goodwill in terms of taking the show on the road at home? Uh, oh, you mean as in playing home games away from Auckland? Yes, I do, yeah. Yeah, well, without pulling the curtain back too much, I don't think that was entirely their choice. I think Spark Arena is a tough place to book uh, to book out. It's an expensive place to book out. You know, financially, it hasn't been a great couple of years for the Breakers, obviously, playing away from home, having to live in Australia for six months. I'm pretty sure if they could have played every game home at Spark Arena, they would have. Um, they had to pivot. They had to, you know, they had to make the best out of a, a tough situation than they have. It is fantastic for fans to be in New Plymouth and watch the Breakers and, and Christchurch. But yes, it's tough for the Breakers. But I wouldn't say I think they were forced into that scenario more than more than choosing uh, to, to go down that road. Hugh, you're you're out of the administration side of it, which uh, was news to me because um, I've been away of it, obviously. But <clears throat> when you look back on your time with basketball New Zealand, what will your lasting memories be at this point? Just what a fantastic organisation and hard-working and, and thankless task that they have to do. I'm sure it's the same at uh, any national sporting organisation. It is a tough job. So you've got to keep a lot of people happy um, from um, the professionals, the world-class professionals who, who are playing in the top leagues in the world, all the way down to the parents of a 12-year-old who didn't make their local team's roster. Um, so they're on the phone to the CEO. You know, that's that's the wide scope of people you need to make happy and everyone in between. So I think Dylan, Dylan Boucher and the crew are doing a fantastic job. I'm not going far, Smithy. For me, it was a personal decision. You know, that's a, that's a behemoth of a job, running the NBL. Um, I've got two little ones and a third on the way, and they're only going to be kids once, and I, and I want spend a bit more time with them, but I'm not going far. I've just been put, put onto the board of the, of the Nelson Giants here at home. I'm at, you catch me right now at a Nelson uh, college practice where I'm assistant coach this season, so I'll still be commentating games in the NBL, both NBL, so I'm not going far. And I'm, I'm, like I said to Dylan when I left, I'm full support, happy to help Barcelona New Zealand wherever I can going forward. Um, yeah, for me, it's just, you know, I just want a bit more time around my family at home and do something a bit, do something locally. 
Um, but yeah, my lasting impression will just be what a fantastic and growing basketball community we have in New Zealand. Every year there's new faces at every tournament. And it's so good to see the number of kids who play basketball is just just phenomenal. Um, and it's a really nice vibe around the sport at the moment. You know, they went through some tough times and um, the infrastructure certainly took a while to catch up to the population uh, and the popularity of the sport. Um, but that is happening now, uh, and it's happening because um, the whole community is getting behind it. So it's it's, uh, it's a really nice vibe uh, in basketball at the moment around the country. It should make a very good point there. It is a growth industry, uh, growth industry as such, not just a growth sport, because of the impact it's having on youth in New Zealand and the inclusion it's having for them. Oh, 100%. You know, it's... it's, it's the, you think back to when I was young, we got about 30, 30 minutes of NBA on our screens every every week, right? And that's that's how you either got into it or you didn't. Now, these kids, like I said, I'm at Nelson College practice, in between plays and they're stopping and they're on their phones, they're looking at the NBA, they're watching NBA games, they're watching what Steph Curry, what LeBron James, what, what Luka Doncic are doing. It is, they are fully immersed in basketball now, these kids. So um, it's a completely different playing field to what it was, and, and it's showing. It's showing through the numbers, and uh, it's only going to get bigger and bigger, um, which is fantastic. The breakers are at the forefront of that. The tall blacks, the tall ferns too, and I hope to, you know, I like to uh, like to think that I can look back proudly on what we did with the Thousand NBL, and, and in particular Toihi from a women's point of view. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about Toihi um, into their second season now, but uh, with the coverage that they had on television last year, um, I, I just thought that that was an out and out win, wasn't it? Yeah, it re- really was. And I, when I did my little yeah, internal farewell speech to everyone, I, I couldn't thank everyone enough for the help in putting that together. You know, I've got a daughter, friends of mine, former Tall Blacks, former Tall Black Centurions with daughters and, and who play netball, you know, because they haven't had that opportunity to play basketball. Uh, or they've played basketball and then stopped when they finished school because they didn't have anywhere to go. Um, so for us to be able to create that pathway, uh, and I, I said when I left, I, I hope in 20 years' time, you know, when my daughter's, you know, 21, 22, uh, whether she plays or not, she'll have some women's basketball to go and watch in her hometown. Uh, and I expect it to have grown by then. We'll have more than five teams. We'll be, you know, up, up around the men's with eight, eight to 12 teams by then. I think it will be, um, yeah, I really hope that it lasts. And I think it will. Basketball is going to put a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of energy behind it, as have Sky Sports. So uh, I think we're onto a winner with Toei here as a, you know, a young female basketballer. What about the other question to me is a, a lot of sports in this country are gauged by their their yardstick team, their top brass team, which of course in your particular code um, are the Tall Ferns and the, and the Tall Blacks. Uh, I just wonder about player availability, the likes of a Stephen Adams and that sort of thing, uh, and our, um, our reputation on the world stage. Is that something that is still a focus? A hundred percent. You know, that's a lot of times that's how people get in, right? They see they see their heroes playing, uh, and that's certainly how it works with the All Blacks, the Black Caps. People growing up watching Brendan McCullum playing, yeah, I want to go out and swing a swing a stick like he does, you know, um, uh, or run down the wing like you know, like Jonah did. You know, that those are our, our superstars and our role models when we're kids, and we'd love the Tall Blacks and the Tall Ferns to get up there. Basketball suffers like football does. You know, it's such a good game. Um, whereas the All Blacks can entice England and Wales and France down here to play, you know, there's the dream team aren't coming down here anytime soon to to play the Tall Blacks, you know, at uh, TSB Arena or, or anything like that. Unfortunately, it's it's and we have to travel a lot, and therefore it's very very expensive. Unfortunately, from a commercial point of view, you know, games at 2 a.m. in Lebanon in the middle of the night don't bring a lot of commercial dollars in. Uh, your casual sports fan will look at Korea or Lebanon or Jordan and go, oh, those guys aren't good at football or rugby or 
you know, cricket, so they're not very good sporting nations. They're phenomenal at basketball. <laughs> you know, basketball is a huge global game. Every country in the world plays it. And ones that we're not used to seeing on the, on the sporting stage are really good at it. So the Tall Blacks might go over to Lebanon, lose by two points in an absolute thriller. And at home, you know, you open, you open your newspaper, see that result, you're like, oh, the Tall Blacks aren't doing very well. Well, actually, sometimes a, a result in Saudi Arabia or a result in Croatia is phenomenal, even if it's a loss. So it's just that education that we're trying to, you know, trying to put through. I, I released a book a couple of years ago on the Tall Blacks for that very reason, to try and get this next generation involved in the Tall Blacks, not just following LeBron James and Steph Curry, which I can't recommend enough. Obviously, they're the best of the best, um, but supporting our teams as well. And the Breakers have done a great job of that ever since their inception. Uh, it's now trying to get the Tall Blacks and the Tall Ferns to that level. And, and having them at home playing in that leagues helps, um, but, and having more home games helps. And obviously, the pandemic put a nix on that, but the Tall Blacks have had a few home games. We've got another one coming up soon. Uh, one in Christchurch, one in Wellington. So uh, we're getting there. It's baby steps with the international and the international stuff, but we definitely need to, to put them up as our heroes. Okay. And what about the pathway uh, towards uh, our, our kids? I mean, you, you may well have one there at Nelson College through the university system. Is that still uh, something that we focus on, getting them into that, that university system in America? Well, we have over 160 boys and girls in playing college basketball at the moment. Kiwis playing college basketball, which is great. I was at... Um, Young Maya Jones' farewell just the other week, who's the daughter of Phil Jones, the great Phil Jones. She's off to college, um, played Div 1 basketball in St. Mary's at the end of this month. So that pathway is, is thriving. What we've been trying to do, I keep saying we because I'm so used to uh, being having my Basketball New Zealand hat on, but what Basketball New Zealand ha- have been growing over the past few years, led by Dylan Boucher, is is um, creating those other pathways. College isn't for everyone, Smithy. You know, some people don't like, you get homesick or they, or they choose the wrong college or they kind of, um, there's, there's always sharks out there trying to make money off people and they say, oh, I can get your kid into college if you give me this much money. It's trying to cut off those avenues, but also create pathways at home. So the Breakers is a good one. The sales NBL now is increased. There's more money in it than ever before. So you can get paid to play basketball at home. Toihi now is a pathway we've created for women. So you don't have to go to college if, if your grades aren't your thing if you if you don't want to study you know not everyone wants to get a degree they want to just go into work or you just want to play basketball stay at home those pathways are as what basketball didn't have been trying to create and have done over the past five to ten years you uh, i've got one final question which i did not write so please don't hold this personally did you ever think or in your lifetime do you ever think and this is not by me uh wales will ever beat the all blacks uh, that you'll be able to witness Oh, Smitty, Smitty, Smitty. You know what? My, my old man's visiting at the moment from Wales. He's been here for, for Christmas. He's never seen it in his lifetime, and he's 65. So I actually would rather it happen. I, if it happens once in his lifetime, and I'm there for it, to see the tears run down his face, that would mean more than me. Then, then they can never win again for the rest of my life. That's fine. But I really want the old man to see it, you know. Um, it's, uh, I grew up going to those games at Cardiff, and there's such reverence from the Welsh fans to the All Blacks as well like it's a really friendly rivalry uh from the welsh point of view i understand it's not the highest priority on the on the all blacks fans point of view um but you would have, you've been sidelined at that stadium however many times in your career and uh or all around the world watching wales play new zealand and it is one of the great sporting fixtures it'll happen surely it'll happen smithy now warren gatton's back right <laughs> maybe the world <laughs> cup final this year Maybe, maybe you. You just, you just absolutely never know. I hope, uh, I hope that uh, I don't know how long's your father here for. Would you get him a chance to become a loyal Tasman Marco? 
Well, yeah, he's here till March, but um, yeah, we've I've taken him down to Trafalgar Park around the stadium. You know, it's a it's a beautiful spot. I'm looking forward to the Marco season this year. They're a great franchise as well, so certainly not short on great franchises down here in the top of the south. Well, get him a Crusader scarf as a going away present, mate. That'll make him feel nice <laughs> and warm when he gets home. Huey, uh, as always, uh, fantastic to catch up with you. Regards to your father, and uh, all the best in uh, life after administration. Loving your commentaries, mate. And I know you'll never be far from the game. Thank you, and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Billy. Cheers, uh, Hugh Bain in there with us, folks, uh, with uh, what's going on uh, around New Zealand basketball. Of course, he's uh, no longer with him from an administrative point of view, but you can tell his mind and his heart is still very much there and will continue to be so, because why? He absolutely loves the game inside out.